Welcome to Native America Calling, I'm Sean Spruce. A painting on the side of a building can recast the space around it into an inspiring and inviting work of art. Murals are having a renaissance as communities are investing in public art as a way to improve their aesthetic appeal. And murals can become a means for Native artists to send a message of culture and representation. It takes considerable planning and know-how to produce a mural-sized work of art. We'll learn what goes into it, coming up right after the news. This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. Pope Francis is set to arrive in Canada on Sunday for an official six-day visit. As Dan Karpinchuk reports, there are high expectations of an official apology on Canadian soil to Indigenous people for the wrongs done by the Catholic Church during the residential school era. In the lead-up to the trip, the pontiff sought prayers for his penitential Canadian pilgrimage. Indigenous people are looking for this visit to bring healing and even action as the Catholic Church has failed to raise all the money it promised to compensate the survivors of residential schools. Rose LeMay is the CEO of the Indigenous Reconciliation Group. My fear is that the apology will be words alone, and there has been so many requests for the Catholic Church to do good on its settlement, uh, residential school settlement payment. Also at issue are documents still held by the church relating to the residential schools and for those responsible for the schools to be held accountable. The Pope is scheduled to arrive in Edmonton on Sunday. The following day he will meet with members of First Nations, Métis and Inuit people. Tuesday he will celebrate Mass at Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton, then take part in a pilgrimage to Lac St. Anne likely to be the largest annual Catholic gathering in Western Canada. Wednesday, he flies east to Quebec City, where he will meet the Governor-General and the Prime Minister, and on his final day, he will travel north to Iqaluit and meet with students of former residential schools. For National Native News, I'm Dan Karpinchuk. The Inuit Circumpolar Council wrapped up its three-day General Assembly meeting on Thursday. The non-governmental organization represents Inuit peoples from four Arctic nations. As Emily Schwing reports, Greenland will assume the chairmanship of the ICC for the next four years. International Chair Daly Sambo Duroe of Alaska handed over leadership of the Inuit Circumpolar Council to Greenland's Sarah Olsvig. Congratulations, Sarah. Olsvig served in both Denmark's and Greenland's parliaments between 2011 and 2018, She's also a member of Greenland's Human Rights Council and Constitutional Commission. She gave a brief speech to ICC delegates from Alaska, Canada, Chukotka, and Greenland. We are crossing uncharted waters. The pandemic has changed the conditions under which we work, and the new geopolitical reality puts pressure on us as a people and to the world around us and on the Arctic as a whole. Olsvig says international security and safety for ICC members, including those from Chukotka in Russia's Far East, is a priority as Russia continues its war in Ukraine. Many indigenous peoples around the world, especially those that are human rights defenders, have challenges. And as an Arctic people, we Inuit are acutely and painfully aware of the difficult situation that we are in. And we are in it collectively across the four uh, nation states that we live in, and we are going to uh, row our boat 
slowly and in a in a careful manner in the years to come to make sure that we are all in the boat. She also plans to continue the ICC's focus on formal participation within the United Nations, including in both the Food and Agriculture and International Maritime Organizations, to address concerns about food security and the impacts of increasing industrial marine traffic in the Arctic. Olsvig says engaging Inuit youth perspectives in that work is paramount. An Emerging Leaders initiative has provided the ICC's Executive Council with recommendations that outline those expectations. The ICC will hold an in-person gathering next summer in Ilulisat, Greenland. I'm Emily Schwing. Support for the stories from the Climate Justice Resilience Fund. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support by the Colorado Plateau Foundation, supporting Native-led initiatives protecting lands, waters, and cultures by building networks, community, and organizational capacity. Proposals accepted through September 1st at coloradoplateaufoundation.org. The Institute of American Indian Arts presents the Virtual Holiday Marketplace now through the new year. A variety of items from the IAIA community are now available for purchase at iaia.edu slash marketplace who support this show. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. This is Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Murals have a way of transforming public spaces. We're seeing more murals now because communities are recognizing how public art can beautify their surroundings and even decrease crime. And murals aren't just in cities. You can find works of art on rural water towers and grain silos. Native muralists are making their mark as well, turning bland building exteriors into canvases for artistic expressions of positive Native representation. And they're getting paid to do it as cities are putting money into public art to increase the aesthetic appeal of their skylines. Today we'll hear from Native artists who are taking on large form public art paintings, works that potentially have audiences that far exceed the number of people who would ordinarily go to a gallery. As always, we want to hear from our listening audience. Are you seeing an increase in murals in your community? Let us know at 1-800-996-2848. That's 1-800-99-NATIVE. We have several mural artists on the show today who will help us gain a better understanding of murals and their role in public art projects. Speaking with us in Duluth, Minnesota is Miri Villiard. She's an artist and muralist. She is Fondu Lac Ojibwe direct descendant, and she is also the program coordinator at the American Indian Community Housing Organization in Duluth. Miri, it's great to have you on the show. Hi, it's great to be here. Well, Murray, you've been involved in a mural project since 2019. Please tell us why it's unique. Yeah, so I'm the project coordinator for the Chief Buffalo Memorial murals up here in Duluth along the Lake Walk. Um, and basically, it's kind of an odd space to paint on. It's a, a, a maze of walls that's uh, connecting our newly renamed Gitche Odea King Park, which is Ojibwe Moen for uh, Grand Heart Place to the kind of like the tourist peninsula of Canal Park in Duluth. 
and it basically tells the story of Chief Buffalo and his significance to our region, but also sort of mixes in imagery of um, some of our, you know, more ancient stories as Ojibwe people, as well as contemporary imagery. We wanted it to be something that, you know, celebrates us today, too. So. Well, how many people are involved in this project? It sounds like a pretty big production. Oh yeah, there's countless people, um, but the we have a core team of about four artists, um, two Turtle Mountain Ojibwe artists, who are Owena Gijik-Bruce and Sylvia Poole, and then we have one Red Cliff artist, Michelle Defoe, and then myself, and then we have some um, helper artists, Mana Bear Bolton and Connor Fairbanks, we've kind of been the the core team, and then uh, we've done a lot of walls that have been painted by the community. So just last week or two weeks ago, we had a bunch of youth take a field trip from uh, the Red Cliff Reservation up to paint their own wall. Well, that sounds really exciting. And I would imagine that painting a mural presents some very different challenges than maybe working on a traditional canvas, working inside uh, on a smaller space. And, And right off the bat, I'm thinking here it is July. It's this really hot, humid summer. Do issues like that factor into a mural project? Definitely. Um, you know, in Duluth, we we get kind of both extremes of the weather. In the summer, it can be like over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. And in the winter, it can be below 40 degrees, like negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit. And so we get maybe a small window in the springtime, ho- hoping that it's not raining too much to, to paint. Um, but this year, we ended up, we're, we're currently working on the murals right now, so we're hoping to be done in the next month or so. But there's definitely some safety precautions in, in painting ex, in extreme heat. And What about just the, the humidity? Does that impact the, the way the paint dries, the way it lays on the wall? Do you have to be concerned with those kind of factors too? Yeah, it's definitely not good to, to paint when there's you know condensation and stuff on the walls don't think that the paint adheres as well in those conditions. Um, yeah, we had, we'd planned on being done last year, but we had issues with some slow city approval. And then that pushed us into our fall weather and it just ended up being too cold to paint by the time October rolled around. So we're here again. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like. And, and Mary, what got you involved in in murals? And, and what is it that you like about working on an exterior wall like that in, in such a big, big uh, space? Yeah, I, I feel like every art medium that I've personally gotten into, it's been sort of by accident. Um, I was dealing with a lot of chronic pain stuff actually a few years ago, and I wasn't able to use my arms as much. And I started doing a uh, I did like a community painting session type thing doing crosswalk murals in Duluth. And I realized that like when people are helping me, then they kind of become the paintbrushes. And then there's this cool element at the end of just like letting go and not knowing what it's going to look like at the end because you have so many people like adding their own touches to it. So I really enjoyed doing public art um, in a very like community engaged way because there's it's always a surprise at the end. And then you just have like so many opportunities to educate people along the way and like give people, um, you know, for a lot of people, it's the first time they've held the paintbrush since they were kids, you know? So giving people that experience too is, is really fun. Well, 
you know, I know you've been doing artwork a long time and it sounds like you've got a pretty experienced team, but um, everybody working on a mural project, uh, do they all have to be vastly experienced artists or do you have some, some uh, beginners and people that are just, just taking, up the, taking up the skill? Yeah, I think for projects that I work on, I, I really enjoy like um, bringing in people who have less experience because even for myself doing my first mural just a few years ago, like it, it opened so many doors for me as an artist. Um, that, and so the mural team that I have right now, I think the, the two artists from Turtle Mountain hadn't done like public art before. So this is their first like major mural project, um, I think. And then Michelle Defoe, I brought her on another mural I did a couple, I guess, kind of mid-pandemic, um, and we just really enjoyed working with each other. And that was one of her first experiences doing something that was huge. So I'm always looking to bring people in who who haven't haven't gotten the opportunity to to paint a public wall before. Um, it's really fun. Yeah, it sounds like it'd just be a really cool undertaking. And the Chief Buffalo Project is it culturally significant to to all the artists on your team yeah so you know chief buffalo um long story short there we had the ojibwe trail of tears here in um minnesota which was an event in 1852 and the minnesota territory government was basically like intentionally trying to eradicate native people and through policy and through um basically this march that led to the death of over 300 Ojibwe people. Um, and Chief Buffalo back in 1852 decided like enough is enough and went on this journey at like 93 years old uh, by canoe and by train for the chance to meet the president. And he did. Um, after initially being turned away, he, he got that chance. And, um, you know, Chief Buffalo's story and what he did for, for the community is why we all got to stay, you know, our, our ancestors got to stay and exist here and um, Ojibwe people weren't pushed further west anymore. So it kind of ties, you know, he signed more than just the Treaty of 1854, but it kind of ties together a lot of our, our shared history as Ojibwe people as to why we got to stay, you know. Well, tell us more about uh, the mural itself. I understand there's some there's some fish designs, a lot of cultural significance. Uh, for somebody that's, that's, that looks at it now while it's being created, or for somebody who's going to see the finished product, what can they expect to see? Yeah, so like I said in the beginning, it's sort of a maze. It's a bunch of ramps and staircases uh, that we'd started back in 2019 and just kept like pitching more ideas to the city. Um, and basically there's sections of the, the walls that are like, there's over 20 walls. There's sections that are maps that show like Chief Buffalo's journey. And then we're working on a map of like treaty territories, which is proving to be a little bit difficult because everyone has, um, there's not like cohesive maps out there that show our region. Um, so we're working on a, an honest map there. And then florals by Michelle Defoe that kind of connect everything together. I'm working on the more like realistic style stuff. So um, there's some images by Ivy Vinyo, um, who's a local Grand Portage descendant photographer, and she photographs powwows and people just engaging with the land. And so for that section of walls, um, you know, I feel like a lot of the time when BIPOC folks get 
space um, to commemorate things. It's always people who have like, you know, passed on. And so for me, it's really important to paint people who are alive too, because like youth are growing up in our communities, you know, not seeing themselves thriving or living in the art, right? Like not seeing the community alive. And so it was important to me to paint people who are living and engaged in the community. And then Elena Gijek and Sylvia Hull are working on um, more imagery that's sort of literal and imaginative around Chief Buffalo's journey. And then um, things like the creation story and, you know, some of the, the folklore and stuff we have in our communities. And then the fish that are also sort of like um, tying this space together are really just the opportunity for like youth and community members to come out and like design something and to be a part of the process and to learn um, about their story and what it means. And um, yeah, to be a part of the history, I guess we're making uh, with this wall and also to honor, you know, non-human relatives too, because yeah, in Duluth we have a lot of, we have, I guess, a, more public art than other small towns. Um, but I found it kind of fascinating that we don't have a lot of artwork that honors like the, the water and being on Lake Superior, it just felt like we needed some more artwork that honored the life that water gives. <laughs> so We're speaking now with Miri Villiard and she's telling us about the Chief Buffalo Project up in Duluth, Minnesota. It's a mural project. We're talking about public art today, murals, paintings with a lot of style and a lot of size. So give us a call if you got a question or a comment, 1-800-99-NATIVE. We'll be right back. Hundred and ten years later, the International Olympic Committee reinstated the medals Jim Thorpe earned in the 1912 Games. It's the culmination of decades of work on Thorpe's behalf. We'll find out about the recent development and look back at Thorpe's legacy on the next Native America Calling. Support by Indigenous Pact, a healthcare consulting company working to create health equity in Indian country. Indigenous Pact offers solutions to fit the needs of your tribe. Their team, experts in healthcare strategy, policy, and innovation, provides a one-of-a-kind plan to solve the issues specific to your community. Indigenous Pact works to create three primary outcomes, healing spaces, healthy citizens, and sustainable economies. More information at indigenouspact.com. Thanks for tuning in to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. You know, you can always reach out to us by emailing comments at nativeamericacalling.com or leave a comment on our social media pages. About our show on Thursday about the Pope visiting Canada, Larry McNeil commented on our Facebook page. He said, the Pope can offer an authentic apology by doing things like offering to open their archives to indigenous scholars. As long as their archives remain locked, it is a token, empty apology. In order to heal, the history must be as quantifiable as possible. Veronica Rocha writes, The Pope is apologizing for this, yet he approved Junipero Serra, the one who began the California missions, a.k.a. concentration camps for indigenous people, for saint status. Reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or our website, NativeAmericaCalling.com, and you can call us right now at 1-800-996-2848 to join today's discussion about Native mural art 
And we're speaking right now with Miri Villiard. She's an artist and muralist, Fondue Lock Ojibwe, direct descendant. Miri, before break, you talked about the importance of water in the Chief Buffalo mural project that your team is working on up in Duluth right now. And I know color is often also something that's very important to you as an artist, and you have a lot of thoughts in terms of how you incorporate color into your designs and into your work. Can you talk a little bit more about the colors you're using in, in the Chief Buffalo project? Yeah. Um, well, one thing that's significant, about, I guess, about the color in the project um, when we first started working on it was we wanted to have like the medicine wheel colors sort of visible whenever Google Maps updates their, you know, aerial views of Duluth um, and have that like be in the heart of the city because that's kind of where the mural is. So we have the, the yellow, the red, the white and the black on the tops of the walls um, and kind of relatively placed in the, the four directions. Um, and then, yeah, we have, um, I think when we, before we went to the break, I was talking about the, the fish patterns, um, and, you know, something that's been important in my work and the work of the artists that are also collaborating on this mural is like honoring, not just like the human story of the land, but also like the, the non-human story and the relatives that exist in the plants and in the animals. And so we've got loads of fish on that wall. <laughs> we've got uh, a whole section on like mer mermaids. Um, and, and Eloina Gijic and Sylvia designed a bunch of different mermaids to um, commemorate those stories. Um, yeah, lots, lots going on. Yeah, it sounds like a, it's just a, a really breathtaking piece of work and um, a lot of people involved in the project. And, um, you know, just that whole I'm always fascinated by by art projects, especially large ones like this. And, you know, just thinking of them from somebody has this initial concept, right? And then other people get involved and that concept turns into a vision and then the vision actually turns into a project. And then ultimately it's this final piece of artwork for, for everyone to enjoy. And um, Miriam, I'm interested in, you know, when, are you involved in, in every step of that process from that beginning concept all the way to the final piece that's that's produced? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of funny because, you know, this whole project started, I think, as like an idea that was floating in a lot of different people's heads. And, you know, I've been working with the Buffalo, our chief Buffalo's eldest descendants um, for sort of guidance on what the space could be. But they came in 2012, actually, to do um, to bring Chief Buffalo's pipe to Duluth. And there was a, you know, a ceremony and event that happened around that. And from there, I think it was Henry Buffalo Jr. had really wanted to see like some sort of commemoration of Chief Buffalo in Duluth. And he just kind of put that out into the universe. And the Duluth Indigenous Commission kind of snatched that idea. And they were approached um, after they renamed the park to Gichiodea King um, to see if they had ideas for artwork that could go near the park. Um, and then the organization Zeitgeist that reached out to them had worked with me before. And so they connected me with the indigenous commission and the indigenous commission had a whole list of things they wanted to see in the park. And I just said, like, I don't know much about chief Buffalo, but I want to learn more. And so I kind of zeroed in on chief Buffalo and then the rest is sort of history. Um, as far as like my involvement, like, uh, I've kind of just been the, the project lead and, you know, as an artist, you think like, Oh, I'll just, design some art and paint it on the wall and and that'll be that but it's ended up being a role where it's like 
you know, doing the administrative work. I've done all the, the fundraising myself and all of the proposals to the, the city virtually on my own. I've been doing like the PR. All of us as artists have been tour guides on site. We work on the finance. We write our grants. You know, we've become historians and had to correct like history that's incorrect on the internet. And um, our chair on the Indigenous Commission, Babette Sandman, always says like, we don't turn to Google, we turn to our relatives, you know, so um, <laughs> yeah. figuring out it's... who in the community has the knowledge. Right, right. Yeah, it sounds like you're just, you know, involved in every aspect, which is, is really exciting, especially for the, the team member as well. And, and you mentioned some of them are, are learning this for the first time. So just being involved in all those aspects must be be really, really inspiring for them. And, and we're going to keep paying attention and, and good luck as this project continues. We're looking forward to the to the finished result. And let's now hear from another artist, a mural artist. And this one is joining us live from our Albuquerque studio. Michael Toya is an artist and muralist. He is a sled of Pueblo. Michael, your family has a strong connection to Native America Calling, and it's great to finally have you on the show. Thank you very much. Um, but I'm actually from uh, Jemez Pueblo. Um, yeah, that's where my roots are. So, um, so I just said uh, my traditional name is uh, Elk Shield. I was named after my great-great-grandfather from the Pueblo of Jemez, um, and I come from the Water Clan and the Bear Clan. So, uh, um, yeah, that's where that's where I was born, or after I was raised up in Jemez, and my wife is from the Pueblo of Isleta. Okay, so that's why we got a little bit confused, because I, I know your father's a longtime caller into the show, Michael Toya Sr., and he's definitely from Jemez Pueblo. So, Michael, I apologize for that misinformation there. Uh, proud uh, member of the Wallatoa community yes, that sir. you are. And uh, Michael, well, well, you know something about murals. As you know, we're talking with uh, just with Miri Villiard up in Duluth, Minnesota, and, and you just painted a, a mural, a huge one, on the side of an Albuquerque hotel. It's about six stories high, covers the entire side of a building. Michael, how do you paint something that size? Well, you know what? It's it's actually the entire the entire hotel um facade you know it's 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 several it's several walls um the the both sides of the hotel which are you know 40 feet wide by 60 70 feet tall um several sidewalk walls the front walls um yeah it's it's actually my first huge uh mural project you know the first mural project i did was actually inside an Atibo lodge um room 412 was uh, given to me. Um, it, they have a huge project going on where they want to paint each individual hotel room by a different um, artist. And so uh, I was given 412 and I painted um, my pop art traditional mashup uh, style into that room. It's Star Wars. Uh, it's, it's a Star Wars story mashed in with some, you know, cultural uh, design work. And uh, that, that particular job opened up this opportunity. And so, uh, 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 you know, I was I, I submitted some design work as well as a handful of other artists, and they selected my work. And so uh, from then on, we uh, the Lodge Heritage Hotels, which owns Natibo Lodge, collaborated with myself, and uh, they you know they said, do you want to take up this uh, this project and uh, give us a lot more designs and where we can sift through them and uh, come up with the final selection of what you give us, and then from then. You know, you get up on a huge lift, which I never been on before, or, nor did 
no one gave me direction on how to use it. It was in, very intimidating, actually. Um, I, I taught myself how to use this big old boom lift, and uh, they gave me the they, they gave me they gave me the layouts of uh, each design which I which I created, and I uh, basically just say I started outlining and painting uh, these huge huge designs. Um, it, it's like I said, it was uh, it was a scary scary moment, you know. Just I'm not too good with heights, and uh, I got up there. 60 70 feet to ready to paint design and uh i kind of froze for a couple minutes um eh, but you know i you know i got over that in intimidation um started painting and, and you know the rest is history it's it's all completed it took about uh three months three months yes okay. sir and I'm, I'm envisioning you up there and like this cherry picker six stories in the air and you got your paints there well michael i mean were you working on this alone did you have any help yeah in this I, I i started it alone um i didn't know you know being that was my first time taking up a project like this how long it would take the process so uh i kind of fell behind a bit and so uh yeah i uh i reached out to uh a, a buddy of mine and uh his name is nate nez and uh, he's from the Navajo Nation, and uh, I see, you know, he's local. Uh, I was trying to find somebody local uh, who is, you know, experienced. So uh, he, I, I, you know, I reached out to him. He was happy to come on board. Uh, and so what I did is just, you know, give him direction, outline designs for him, and uh, and you know, he he helped me out. So a uh, big shout out to Nate Nez for helping me on this project. But basically, most of the most of the work is done by me. All the the design work, all the layout is is all is all me. Um, yeah, I'm very proud of of uh, what I what I've accomplished. Um, you know, <laughs> being that it's my first big huge mural, painting the whole entire hotel outer facade. Uh, I'm I'm blessed and I'm proud that uh, I I took this job on. It's a, a really, really beautiful work of art. I've had the chance to see it, and it just it just amazes me. And so when you when you do an art project like this, and you you know you think it out in your mind, and you you create this, I would imagine you create like a miniature version of it. You sketch it out. Now, did you have to go to the hotel folks, and did they kind of approve what you were doing um, ahead of time, and, and kind of give you the okay, like this is what we want, this is what we don't want, or how much artistic license did you have, and in, in, in ultimately creating this mural? So. So I, I gave them uh, several different design layouts for each wall, and um, I, I spoke about what they mean. And from then, they they actually sifted through them, and they picked which design they wanted on which wall. But it was it's all my my input on on the layout, the designs, the um, the, the different figures, the different you know silhouettes. Um, so. Uh, but but they had you know the final say of what what design went where and then they gave me the layout and said okay this is what we came up with um, and this is what we want you to paint it's your it's your design and this design is going on this wall this design on this wall so on and so forth um, so yeah I gave them a bunch of different layouts and um, and so that's how that's how it went and um, I mean honestly what I did is I just had my little iPhone uh, image of what they gave me, and I and from the iPhone I looked at the wall and just you know gave it a shot, started outlining and painting, and um, didn't do so much uh, you know uh, grading on the wall. I just just 
this this took different the windows on the bigger walls were good indications of where where things should go and then i kind of have have a bunch of two sections and then it's just it's just free freehand freestyle you know just looking at my phone and and doing what i got to do and and i did it Michael, I mean, listening to you now, it sounds like you just, you, I mean, you just did it like freehand, like you're just like winging it. And here you are, you're dealing with like these architectural structures and windows. And I mean, that's your gift, bro, because I know if, if I tried to get up there with an <laughs> iPhone and do something like that, it'd just be, it would be a mess, man. It'd just be, I mean, it just nothing would, would materialize. But, but you talked a little about those silhouettes and, I, you know, we've got listeners and, and they can't see the mural where they can see it online but but describe a little bit about what it looks like in these images in the mural what they mean sure so like the the image that you guys put up on on your on your website it's it's um it's the wall uh the south wall of the nativo lodge and um it's a it depicts a um, flower weaving in and out of the window uh window structures and um some hummingbirds you know coming in to to you know, get the nectar and to, to, to feast. And then you also have uh, some dragonflies and butterflies and then um, the sun way at the very top left. So um, a lot of these designs, you know, stem back from, you know, ancestral, ancestral um, you know, uh, petroglyph designs and pottery designs. Um, you know, I, I really respect and honor, honor this, the style and the, in the form that you know, our ancestors brought to us. So a lot of these designs into the actual hummingbirds and flowers are pottery designs and they mean certain, uh, you know, they, they, so like the line work represents the fall blessing of the rain, um, step designs represent your path in life, climbing the steps, you're, you're, you're positively growing, you're happy, but we're not all, you know perfect we have setbacks in life so they tend to bring us a step or two back but we we think we grow and we move forward um yeah so uh that's what a lot of this art is about you know it's about positivity it's about blessings so when these people travelers come in to stay in the hotel they they're full of they even they see all these cool designs these hummingbirds and and the pottery designs and it just it just gives them a warm happy feeling when they come in and when they leave yeah, I bet it does. And and thinking of the the visitors to the hotel and Nativo, that's a, that's a popular hotel there in Albuquerque. It's right there along a busy street, so thousands of people must see this mural every day. What kind of feedback are you getting? Wow, man, it, it's it's been it's been fun. You know, just from starting the the project, you know, painting on the walls. I have people that I've met that that you know have grown to 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 know and become as a friend. Uh, there is a gentleman who lives right, right around the corner who rides a little mountain bike and um, yeah he comes from South America um, and uh, he just adores my work and adores me and he'll he'll ride over and I'll bring my lift down I'll take the time to talk to him and he's a very cool guy you know I'll have friends and family reach out saying they love the mural just certain individual any random individual will drive up and and give me thumbs up give me you know you know just just full of happy happy thoughts happy they're just happy about this work and they they thank me you know they they don't need to thank me but they're thanking me that i'm putting this energy in into this area you know and and that that's just that's wow man that's really really exciting and it, it makes me happy and it, it's it's a blessing for sure 
Yeah, it's a blessing for everyone, not just you as an artist, but but native people, Pueblo people, and of course the whole community there, everybody in Albuquerque who gets to to enjoy this beautiful, beautiful piece of artwork that you've created. And uh, I just, I'm still amazed this is your first mural project, and, and I'm hoping we're going to see some more mural projects from you more going forward, and, and hopefully... Uh, the Nativa Lodge has has ideas for other murals, and, and we're just going to keep paying attention to to you, Michael Toya, and uh, more mural art and public art. Uh, it just seems like such a hot space right now in the art world. So, listeners, if you've got a question or a comment, please give us a call, 1-800-99-NATIVE. We are talking with three mural artists today, and they're sharing their work. They're talking a little bit about what goes into a big project like a wall mural public art so give us a call i'm your host sean spruce we're going to be right back after this break for almost 50 years the indian loan guarantee and insurance program has been helping lenders give loans to indian country businesses for development and construction projects do you have a business idea to improve your tribal economy Need startup costs, working capital, new equipment, or refinancing? The time is right for Indian Country Investments. Information at bia.gov DCI, which supports this show. Thanks for tuning in to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. We're hearing about what it takes to paint those large murals you see on the sides of buildings, on water towers, and in large interiors. I just spent some time admiring a beautiful Native mural yesterday here on the Meskwaki Settlement. Tribal lands of the Sac and Fox tribe of the Mississippi and Iowa, where I'm visiting this week. And what I want to know is what type of murals do you have in your community and what do they do for you? We're at 1-800-996-2848. That's 1-800-99-NATIVE. And we're talking right now with Michael Toya. He is a Jemez Pueblo artist and muralist. He just got done painting a six-story mural on a hotel in Albuquerque and Michael, uh, just just listening to this project, and, and you said earlier it was your first mural project uh, ever. Do you have plans to do more? Uh, yes, sir, man. Um, actually, while I was up on the lift uh, working on the, the south well, the south wall, um, a gentleman by the name of Ken Mitchell uh, works with the uh, Route 66 Casino Hotel, uh, who just loved my work, and uh, he wanted me to come and do some work for them. So uh, I met with him. One day out at the casino, Route 66 on I-40, and he showed me what walls they were thinking. Um, so uh, I got to I got to get to work it and show them, you know, get them some some concepts, and uh, hopefully they'll go up on their hotel wall walls in between the hotel and the casino. Um, so it's another huge project that's uh, possibly going to land in my in my hands again, you know. So the uh, I'm I'm excited, you know. I'm excited. Uh, I I'm a full-time artist. Uh, I'm also getting ready for the biggest, largest Indian market in the country, the Santa Fe Indian Market, uh, August 20th and 21st. So um, I haven't done any painting in the studio for three months, you know, just working to try to finish this Nativa Lodge project. So um happy to be back doing smaller, smaller works of, you know, my own, my own designs and concepts. Uh, I, 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 Move back and forth between pop art and my traditional art, which are both doing very well. So, uh, but um, I, I'm excited to give uh, Route 66, you know, some some work and and uh, you know, I hope it goes well. 
I'm excited too, and especially there at Route 66, Laguna Pueblo Casino, and um, it's got that Route 66 theme, and yeah, it needs a little more of a native twist there, more of a native vibe to it. So I'm excited, Michael, that you're going to be involved in that project. And we've got a caller, and Michael, I think you might uh, be familiar with this person that's on the line. His name is Michael Toya too. <laughs> He's calling in from Hamas Springs, New Mexico, listening on KUNM. Michael Toya Sr., thanks for calling. Hey, yeah, uh, thanks a lot. Yeah, actually, I forget how sunset we're from Hamas Pueblo, but uh, I'm at work right now, so, uh, yeah, I just listen in with my little radio, like I do sometimes. Uh, you know, Michael had a, uh, went to the same high school did in St. Catharines, and we had Bob Chavez as our art instructor. He also was an instructor for my for my uh, sister Mary, who's a engineer now, and she did a lot of mechanical drawing. She did painting of her own, and then of course my brother Toya is a really good artist and had some of his uh, work transposed to uh, uh, Pendleton. It even had that one uh, uh, Pendleton for uh, the uh, all in the public council uh, Pendleton. So he, he comes and and he he's always been as well as far as we can remember drawing and 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 all the all the, his teachers through the years were just re astounded at what he could do at his age so you know we've seen this and we're proud of him and we keep praying for his continued success and uh love you michael hey thanks dad love you too <laughs> well, Michael, that's uh, glowing words there from your dad, and uh, obviously you've got it in your blood. It's in your family lineage. Uh, like a lot of Pueblo people, you know, we just got a, a lot of that artistic ability. And, and thank you. Thank you, and as well as your family, for sharing your gift. And, and all of the artists on our show today, uh, Miri Villiard as well, and, and our next artist. Uh, we've got one more who we're going to talk to today on our show to help us gain a better understanding of public art. Andrew Morrison is in Seattle, Washington. He's an artist and muralist. He is San Carlos Apache in Haida. Andrew, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Hello, everybody. Hello to you, Andrew. And you've been involved in dozens of mural projects. So what got you interested in the art form? You know, what got me in the art form was actually, I started off as a graffiti artist, a graffiti writer in seattle as a teenager and you know i always used to draw and i could uh, really draw portraits well and and one day i was out writing my name on the wall with the spray paint and then i decided to go ahead and try to draw a picture with it to draw um, a chief head you know uh, and uh when the chief head came out real good with the war bonnet that was the first time i you know the light clicked in my head that i can actually use spray paint to create artwork and I was about 16 then and then I just started painting more detailed portraits with spray paint and the portraits got bigger and bigger and they became you know larger by the yard and then by the story until they just grew into just massive sizes with spray paint and I just kind of never looked back. What's the largest size mural you've done Andrew? You know, um, 60 feet by 60 feet is one of the largest ones. But then also uh, the Great Walls of Indian Heritage in Seattle, Washington is uh, 100 feet by 25 feet. And that's one of the larger ones as well. And so, 
those are two murals that are very sizable and I'm very proud of. Now, we heard Michael Toya earlier talk about he just takes, takes his phone up there and, and, and looks at his phone and then sketches it out pretty much freehand. Do you work the same way? You just kind of just get up there and just kind of whatever comes to your mind you put out there? Or do you you'd follow a very specific plan and everything kind of sketched out beforehand? You know, it varies and it depends on the mural that I'm painting. Sometimes I'll you know, uh, freehand it and freestyle it and just kind of go off the hip. And then sometimes they're very strategic, especially if I work with the tribe and I'm working with the tribal council and they're asking for specific imagery. I'll be very detail oriented about creating sketches and coming up with a systematic plan to then take the sketch and put it on the wall in a manner that allows me to paint it very efficient. And then, um, and then sometimes I'll do murals just straight from my heart, you know, just totally from my own intuition and spirit. And, and those are a little more free flowing, you know. Mm -hmm. Andrew, for you, what's different about painting a mural than, than the other art forms that you've worked on in the past? You know, for me, painting murals is really about the scale and the size and the public access elements. Most murals are viewable and have total public access, which I really appreciate. And I always thought that was a very cool trait of the art form versus a private gallery or a gallery size painting that's really made and cultivated so that it's indoors, so that it's got the perfect lighting, so that it's for a very specific audience and a lot of times there's limited access to that type of art and why i say that it that's what i experienced as a young artist and as a young teeth uh a, a young man that you know i didn't have really access to awesome historical art museums like lacma or uh, the getty or guggenheim you know all i had was walls and living in the city is just that's what i saw on the when I went outside was seeing the graffiti on the wall. And so that's, that, that always spoke to me that the general public can view it at any time. It's not made for a specific crowd of people. It's very non-judgmental uh, murals. And so that's one real strong aspect that I always appreciated about the art form and why I still practice it, you know? Well, I like how you say all you had were the walls. That's really profound. And Andrew, are you seeing more of a demand for, for murals and other public art? You know, I am. I am, especially in the last five years. I think that the art form has really taken off in the last 10 years. And I think that a lot of the general public is starting to see the value in them versus when I was growing up, people, it really wasn't a respected art form people, especially in the art world, in the, the, the kind of the upper crust art world that's very judgmental, murals are really at the bottom of the ladder and it's kind of considered folk art and isn't taken serious, you know, when I was starting as an artist. So over the last 20 years that has changed where the murals are at the forefront and in the focus of the, the culture now. So I think that that is very cool to witness and be a part of. 
Andrew, you, you mentioned growing up and you would see graffiti on walls. And that was one thing that, that motivated you is to, to create artwork and, and to do murals. And you've actually had a mural defaced and, and also um, get slated for demolition. How did that impact you? You know, the, it was, it's very uh, shocking and traumatic experience because, you know, I've dedicated my life to the Native American people, and I've dated, dedicated my life to putting our imagery in the forefront so that, you know, our Native American people can see ourselves in a beautiful light. And so for the city of Seattle to want to destroy all my murals was very upsetting for me, you know, and, and I could see the value in these murals and what they brought to our culture here in Seattle and the way the the community rallied around them. So when I fought and advocated for the preservation of the murals and actually won with community support, I was very happy. And then those murals, the Great Walls of Indian Heritage, became a City of Seattle landmark in 2014. They were nominated and designated as a City of Seattle landmark so that they can now never be demolished or destroyed and so that was very invigorating. And in that same moment, there was irony because at that same moment, uh, a Native American community member from my own community threw paint all over the walls at that same moment when they became a landmark. I mean, buckets and buckets and buckets of paint and tried to, you know, ruin and desecrate the murals, my own Native American community member. And so it was very hurtful to to have me put all my heart and spirit on the line for our people and then to have one of my own Native American community members try to, you know, you know destroy the murals was, you know, that the cut, the knife kind of cuts a little deeper when it's from your own people, you know, so that was very, it was a very hurtful experience. But the, the good news is that the, the, the criminal that did that act threw paint all over the murals during a rainstorm in the middle of winter here in Seattle when it's very cold so the the paint actually didn't fully dry and adhere to the wall and myself and a lot of community members were able to go out with power washers and brushes and hoses and we're able to wash all the paint off the wall and once we did that the Native American chiefs actually shine brighter and a lot of people that lived through that experience with me said that the, the Native American images were just, there's too much medicine in them, you know, for them to be covered. And M Mother Nature kind of intervened and sent that rainstorm so the paint didn't dry. And so it's kind of a, a testimony that I have. And so I, I, I do believe that I've witnessed the, the, you know, the vitality and power of murals and artwork. And, and that's why I still stick to my guns and I, I actually don't even budge. I just still paint murals no matter what. And I'm now more of a believer than ever in them. Yeah. Michael, that's just, excuse me, Andrew, that's so amazing what you just described and, and that the chiefs are actually brighter. This like, a, you know, the silver lining to, to what was a malicious act of destruction. So I really appreciate that that all worked out for you. But, you know, talking about this, people that deface um, some of your murals and other murals and, and, and other people just not taking the art form seriously compared to other types of art, what can we do as Native people to better support murals and other public art? 
you know, we can, the people can uh, support them by actually visiting them and actually advocating for them and helping create opportunities for murals and actually, uh, you know, vocally rallying around them and spiritually rallying around them, you know, create a space, you know, where there's a mural, where there's an open wall, start that fire, you know, throw that idea out there, open that door, you know, get rid of the timidness about it. A lot of people, a lot of businesses I learned are very timid when you approach them and say, oh, you have this big blank wall, I want to paint a picture on it. A lot of people start to sit back and look at you funny. You know, there's a, there's some kind of stigma about it that the, you're going to ruin their wall or you're going to do something that is abnormal or something that, that could just turn into, you know, something weird. But the But the truth is that the more you let the artist be free and let them really paint and do what they want when it's from their heart, it's really going to be a good thing, you know, and so... Uh, that's that's how the community can really uh, support an artist and with that art form. Well, we're listening to Andrew talk more uh, about the artwork that he does up in the Pacific Northwest. We listened to Michael Toya and he shared his uh, hotel mural project in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and Miri Villiard, who is working on a project right now in Duluth, Minnesota. And unfortunately, that is all the time we have for our show today on native-themed murals and public art. But Michael, Miri, and Andrew, thank you all for a very enlightening conversation, and good luck moving forward with all your artistic projects. We're back again next week, starting off Monday. We'll be talking about the legacy of Sack and Fox athlete Jim Thorpe. Our executive producer is Art Hughes. Our associate producer is Sol Traverso. Andy Murphy is our senior producer. Marino Spencer is the engineer. Sho McPollin is the digital producer. Nola Daves Moses is the distribution director. Bob Peterson is the network manager for Native Voice One. Clifton Chadwick is our national underwriting sales director. Antonia Gonzalez is the anchor for National Native News. Charles Sather is our chief operations officer. The president and CEO of Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation is Jacqueline Salee. I'm your host, Sean Spruce. Have a great weekend. Support by the Smithsonian's National Museum of the American Indian, presenting Ancestors Know Who We Are, a new online exhibition that features works by six contemporary black indigenous women artists. Joelle Joyner, Paige Pettibon, Moira Pernambuco, Monica Rickert-Bolter, Stormy Weber, and Rodslin Brown, addressing race, gender, multiracial identity, and intergenerational knowledge. More at AmericanIndian.si.edu. centers for Medicare and Medicaid services. Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico by Kwanak Broadcast Corporation, a native nonprofit media organization. Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. 
Music is by Brent Michael Davis. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.